In my 20s, I moved to South America to work with kids at a young grassroots organization. I was accepted as I had hoped, as a handsome, funny, exotic foreigner working in schools and community centers, and it was going great. Honestly, because I had the attention of women. I'd tell jokes, and they would laugh and see me working with the kids, and for a time, I felt like a king. And then Dylan showed up. Every detail I learned about him was like a stab in the heart. Pre-med doctor from Harvard, living in an orphanage, plays football with the kids, speaks Spanish fluently, and he was mythological in his beauty. Dylan was 6'5", I'm 5'6". He had a full head of hair, mine was starting to thin, and I kept being like, come on, when's this gonna stop? That's enough. One time we all went to the beach and I was hoping to see a small human head growing out of his torso when he took his shirt off. But no, dude had an Olympic swimmer's build. When they would talk about him, women actually used to make this sound. On the first day he was there, a coworker came up to me and asked me in Spanish, does it make you feel insecure to stand next to him? And that feeling of insignificance was so palpable. And I don't remember exactly what I said, but I basically kicked the dust up with my shoe saying, no, I could go to Harvard if I wanted. In my mind, Dylan was the kind of guy you would never want to be the ex-boyfriend of your partner. And my saving grace was that he was someone's ex-boyfriend, but not to anyone I was dating. Because I can't imagine starting to date someone and her saying, Oh, Dylan? He's my ex. This is Mark Pagan, and you're listening to Other Men Need Help. I honestly didn't think I was a competitive guy until I met Dylan. This whole thing happened years ago, and I wondered if my memories of him were way off base. My friend Annie was in South America with me. So while we were out to dinner one night, I asked her what she remembered about him. Greek god. He's this beautiful man who came to Chile. And I was the only one that was up, I think because I was technically the um, assistant director by this point. So I was like, oh, I have to, you know, say hi to this person. I looked like garbage. You know, he's coming off a 14-hour trip, but, like, looks like he just went to the gym and showered. and like emerged from the spa. Yeah. No, he was super nice. Really good with all the kids. Very normal. Very down-to-earth. We looked Dylan up, and since we were sitting with Annie's mom and cousin, we had them react to a photo of him. Oh, he's really cute. Wow. Um, I think Annie really hit the nose on the head. Hit the nail on the... <laughs> hit the nail on the nose. He's distractingly beautiful. Yeah, it's it's very distracting. I could see that even after a 14-hour journey, he would emerge maybe even more attractive than when he started. So I wasn't far off from my memories of him, but all this reminded me of those early feelings of inadequacy. Maybe I wanted to announce that I was different or had grown, it would be nice to prove to myself that I had moved on. So groggy as hell and half asleep, I decided to write him an email the first thing the next morning. 
I don't know how to start this. I don't even know what to write. Hey, you want to talk about me being intimidated by you? This is a very random email, but I'm producing the first season of a podcast, and I'm talking to folks from my past about old events and memories. I wondered if you had about 30 minutes to chat via phone about Chile sometime in the next few days. I'd be happy to fill you in with, with any details. Let me know, and I hope you're doing super well. Talk soon. Thanks, Mark. Honestly, I haven't thought much about Dylan since Chile. Life happened, and I dated, and moved around, and worked, and, well, I, I just did my own thing for years. And then I met Sophia. This one night I'm at a bar, and one of the most beautiful women who's ever talked to me unprovoked starts talking to me unprovoked. Sophia had long blonde hair and stood a few inches taller than me. I kept waiting for her to say something like, Oh, my friends are here. Thanks for keeping me company. But she wasn't walking away. She kept talking to me. On the outside, I kept my cool. On the inside, I was like, how is this happening? What did I do to get her attention? She said I looked interesting. And while we talked, I made her laugh. So we exchanged info, went out a few times. And to my surprise, we started dating. I kept the chill and charming thing going. Internally, though, my brain was freaking out, saying, convince her that she made the right decision to date you. And I went into courting mode. I called these moves the girl, I'm going to convince you, there was never a man before or after me moves. These include, but are in no way limited to, making her bed while she's in the shower, surprising her with lunch at work, giving her a monster end-of-the-day massage, having a toothbrush waiting for her the first time she stays over, taking her teenage brother to go see paranormal activity. I really liked her. And we were falling in love. And that was scary for all the reasons that letting yourself go can be scary. Mostly because I still didn't know her history. And she had a history. Sophia's last relationship ended a few months before we met. And the only information that I had was that the dude was a painter named Pablo who was also Puerto Rican. On the surface, I was cool. She talked about him being a jerk. And I said, oh, that must have sucked. But internally, I was like, wait, how Puerto Rican is he? She definitely was the one to end things, right? Is he a painter or is he Pablo, the guy who does your caricature in Times Square? Fuck, man. I was so, I was really, I hate this. Sophia didn't have much of a social media presence. And this was kind of nice, but it also provided zero visual info into her past or who was a part of it. So I told myself, okay, she slummed it for a little while with an overbearing caricature artist. I'm sorry, painter. One night, Sophia gets really animated, telling me stories of how much of a jerk Pablo was. And I'm loving it. And then she blurts out, and I just wanted to say, fuck you, Pablo Martinez. And my mind went, ding. The day after, I made some coffee, sat down on my computer, and Googled the shit out of him. It was worse than I had expected. Recently, 
I showed women the first image that I came across of Pablo, and these were their reactions. The very attractive guy, this guy right here. Yes, he is. Farrell, that's not fair. You're you're supposed to... (laughs) He is. He's sexy, smoldering. Yeah, he's pretty pretty good looking there. He looks like he'd be a good kisser. Like the beard's nice and full. He's got the little hair swoop thing going on. The facial hair, the chest yeah, hair. Perfect. Like if I were to see this on like a dating app, I'd be like, cute, I'll swipe right. <laughs> it's just a really perfect, perfect specimen. Yeah, I can see the feelings. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, I, I'm like a, a heterosexual woman, but I still feel threatened by that. <laughs> I'm putting myself in that situation. Pablo was how I wanted the world to see me. Handsome, confident, strong, passionate, and a guy that was seemingly unaware of his power. It was the same feeling as when I stood next to Dylan in South America. My heart sank. This incredible stud was Sophia's ex. And I was like, there's no way that she'll ever forget this guy. I convinced myself that one day she would leave me to go back with him. And I know how this sounds, but I wanted her to pay for dating someone so hot. So I stopped talking to her and became completely unavailable. I didn't answer her phone calls or texts for a couple of days. She had no idea what was going on and came by my apartment building. I was in my room and I could hear my phone vibrating, but I wasn't going to pick it up. No, 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 no. I'm going to remain a mystery to her. So she left a voicemail, and I listened to it, and she basically said, Hey, I'm outside your building, and I brought some food. Do you want to come out and talk? I rushed downstairs. I run out into the street, and I literally see the smoke coming out of the exhaust pipe. And I'm like, No! And she's gone. I stood there and said, I can't be like this anymore. We talked the next night, and she was being much cooler about my absence than I had expected. And I told her that this ex of hers really fucked with my head. And she listened and nodded and kept saying, I've told you so many times how much of a jerk he was. And I said, I know, I know, he was just really intimidating to me. And she let me finish, and she said, well, thank you for telling me. And we let the moment rest and started eating some dinner. I could see she was thinking, and I asked, what is it? And Sophia said, ah, fuck it. I don't want to tell you this. Pablo had sleep apnea. He used to sleep with this big device that would help him breathe. And I was cool, and I listened to her. And on the inside, I was like, I won, pendejo. I crush you with my hands. And I said, that sounds really intense. And she said, yeah, it kind of sucked sleeping with him but mostly because he was an asshole. And it wouldn't bother me if it was you. And I was like, oh, right. All those times you mentioned he's a jerk. Uh, Why do so many women have to say to me, other men, other men, 
Why do so many women have to say to other men, "Hey, you, 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 you're in the league of your own, man. Like you have nothing to worry about." Or, "Oh my gosh, like you don't have to worry about it. Obviously, I'm not with that person for a reason. <laughs> There's a reason why it didn't work out." Or, "And his breath smells like garbage." Or simply, "Yeah, so my ex sleeps like Darth Vader, and you don't." Look, I'm not gonna lie to you. That helped. So much. It put Pablo on my level, and I realized he was like anyone else. And I could look up the ex, but imagining them as some sort of superhuman foe was a stupid use of my time. And it was for most men that I was threatened by. It's funny, when I showed my friend Beryl a photo of Dylan, she said this. Well, actually, looking at him there, I think you almost look like you could be brothers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now that's that's kind of you this dude is like six five though okay all right so then yes you would be the shorter brother and right before i finished this episode i got an email so um i just opened my email and there's a message waiting for me from dylan I just moved to Astoria. Holy shit. So be down for a chat in person as well. Maybe grab a beer and catch up. Let me know what works. Best, Dylan. It looks like we have some things to talk about. On the next Other Men Need Help. Um, wait, so you're going to go to him and say, like, hey, this is a thing I've been like thinking about and talking to people about? I don't think I've ever said anything to a man. I've said to a man in my life... Or to a man that I've met, like, oh, you're very, ha- like, you're very cool, you're very handsome, you're very blank, but I've never said, your presence intimidates me. This week's episode was produced by me, Mark Pagan, Rebecca Seidel, and Tanvir Mansour. It was edited by Tanvir and myself. Special thanks to Haley, Kelsey, Maggie, Shiva, Sienna, Vanity, Beryl, Annie, Christine, Gabby, and Madeline. Our newsletter and episodes go up every two weeks, and you can sign up for the newsletter on our website, othermenneedhelp.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, and we'd love it if you subscribed, if you rated and reviewed us. It's really, really helpful. And I want to let anybody know who's in New York, we're having a live show on Thursday, November 2nd, at the Crane Theater. You can find details on our website, Other Men Need Help. All the proceeds will go to recovery efforts for Puerto Rico. And that's it for this episode. We will see you soon. Ciao, ciao, adios, bye. I say, I'm going to put you into my hand and I'm going to put you like an M&M and I'm going to maybe melt you in a microwave or with the warmth of my human skin and it's going to melt and then I'm going to look at the chocolate maybe some different thing maybe some macadamia nut and I'm going to say I put you somewhere that you will want to be later on that somebody else is going to eat and they're going to eat it and they're going to go like that tastes like a shitty ex-boyfriend who does caricatures paintings in the Times Square and I'll be like who goes to Times Square and they'll say shitty ex-boyfriends that'll be like pendejo and that is how you beat your ex-boyfriends of your partner.